Welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. As a 16-year-old, Jeff Bates worked in a small grocery store in Gladwin, Michigan. This store had a small drugstore called The Prescription Shop, and Jeff was inspired by his pharmacist's service to the community. Listen as he shares with Mark Weinstein about his pathway to pharmacy and the Lord. Thank you, Sarah, and hello, everyone. I'm Mark Weinstein, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. It's been a while since I've shared with you about the growth of the podcast. So before I introduce my guests today, I want to let you know where we've been in the last three months, because it's been an exciting time. We've had our largest listeners in the last three months. Since the program started on September 11th, 2019, more than 36,000 people have listened to the Cedarville Stories podcast. We're pleased that you have become a regular listener, whether you live in the United States or in the Philippines, Canada, United Arab Emirates, or Germany, or wherever you're listening to. Thank you for listening to us on the Cedarville Stories podcast. As I recently mentioned, we've also experienced our three best consecutive months in May, June, and July with more than 6,700 listeners during that time period. And it appears this month of August will be another strong month for the program. Again, thanks for listening. And if you ever have an idea or a potential guest for a future program, please email me at mweinstein at cedarville.edu. I'd love to hear from you. My guest today is one of the more humble persons on the Cedarville campus. And in his role as Dean of the School of Pharmacy, Dr. Jeff Bays plays a key and vital role in the education of future pharmacists. Dr. Bays helps to ensure students achieve the highest levels of success both in their pharmacy studies as well as in their subsequent careers, as it guides future pharmacists from the early stages of recruitment all the way through fostering involvement as alumni. Prior to joining Cedarville, Dr. Bates served at Ferris State University in Michigan as Assistant Dean and Director of Student Success. And while at Ferris, he founded a pharmacy care clinic in 2013. Historically, most of Dr. Bates' classroom work has centered on teaching clinical communication skills, self-care, and over-the-counter medication therapeutics. Although he now resides in Ohio, Dr. Bates is a Michigan guy, having earned his three degrees from Ferris State University in the great state of Michigan. Dr. Bates, thanks for joining me today on the Cedarville Stories podcast. It's great to have you in the studio. Well, Mark, thanks for inviting me. Uh, really grateful for the opportunity to share with you today. I'm really looking forward to our listeners learning about you, who you are, but just as important is learning about, I think, what is a, a great school of pharmacy. Actually, I think the premier Christian pharmacy school in the country. But before we get to all that, how did you first decide to pursue a degree in pharmacy? I remember clear back when I was a 16-year-old kid working in a grocery store, mm. little town of Gladwin, Michigan. Uh, my mom still lives in that same uh, house that I grew up in. Oh, wow. But, uh, but I, I worked in this grocery store, just stocking shelves and cleaning and, yeah. and uh, helping wherever I could. Uh, but there was a small pharmacy back in the back corner of that store. It was yeah. called the Prescription Shop. It was owned by a pharmacist that I have long admired by the name of Bob Malosh. Bob uh, started that pharmacy, uh, and during my breaks and as I had uh, the opportunity uh, he would invite me to come back to that pharmacy and to observe and really shadow uh, some of the things that he was doing. And so I saw this man uh, that uh, that served our community in so many very powerful ways. 
Uh, in fact, one of the things that I've tried to emulate throughout my career is I saw Bob put his home phone number back when home phone numbers were a thing. We all yeah. have cell phones now. Right. Uh, but uh, but he put his home phone number on the bag of that uh, that when really? patients would leave with the prescription. Uh, they would they would then go home with his home phone number on there. He had it on the sign outside the pharmacy, et cetera. And he meant it. I saw him numerous times yeah. tell folks, "Hey, listen, if you have a need after hours or on a Sunday when the the pharmacy's closed, will you please call me? Uh, yeah. Call me at home." Yeah. And I saw this man care for members of our community in a way that I had never seen, uh, and uh, that really inspired me to say, "Not only do I love." Uh, science and chemistry uh, and caring for people, but I want to be able to do it the way this guy is doing that. And and seeing patients come in that had significant needs, uh, he was actively looking for ways to to meet those needs. Yeah, he was seeking to serve, and that's a that's a phrase here on on campus. But it's also a great model of servant leadership. Let's continue down the journey of your thirty years of serving in the pharmacy profession. How did God orchestrate your journey so that you ultimately ended up at Cedarville University? Oh, great question, and and that's that's one of my favorite things to to talk about, Mark, um, because I was at a, a secular institution there yeah. in Michigan for a number of years, uh, and in in fact, a number of the students uh, that uh, that came up to me when they heard that I was leaving, they they sort of lamented. They thought that I would be there forever because right. it was the same institution I graduated from, and I, I still have a, a great deal of affinity uh, for that institution. But one of the things that really resonated, I actually was at a conference. I can point to uh, the day when this happened, but I was at a conference, and one of the speakers, Dr. Joy Green, in fact, uh, was speaking on the fact that sometimes God— changes things in our lives. She used the 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 phrase that he turns the blender on in yeah. your life and gets oh, yeah. us out of our comfort zone. Absolutely. And uh, so Joy talked through this, and, and I remember sitting there listening to her, and, and the tears were, were literally just pouring out of my eyes uh, because I could tell that God was preparing me for something different. I had no idea what that was, Mark, but uh, but but I went back and I and I prayed and I, I said God how would you how would you use me as a, as a professor as an assistant dean whatever that looks like I'm I'm open to that uh, and uh, and so I had a couple of conversations and I called Joy Green about two weeks after that uh, conference was over uh, and uh, and she gave me some advice uh, she said Jeff I want you to call. This guy at Cedarville University, uh, his name is Philip Thornton, hmm. and uh, and she said, um, I need you to call him, and I just want you to share your heart with him and, and see how that goes. Wow. And I sat silently for a few seconds, and then I was way too bold, and I, and I helped Joy understand that that's not how this industry works, that you don't cold call folks yeah. and just tell them that God's speaking uh, yeah. into your heart. And uh, so, so I, I ultimately, Joy said, Jeff, I need you to obey. I need you to obey and, and do what I think God is asking you to do. Wow. So I called Philip Thornton, and a number of other conversations happened. Uh, and within about a month, I was down here with our family visiting Cedarville University. I didn't even know about Cedarville University uh, at that point. Uh, but, but God really orchestrated an opportunity for, for me to, 
to come. I understood that there was an opening that uh, that had happened a couple of days before I actually uh, had that conversation with Philip. And uh, uh, long story short, uh, it, it wasn't but a couple months later, December of that year, uh, that I had a chance to come here and to interview and to meet some of the faculty. And it was one of those neat things where God took my passion for the profession that I loved so much, and he was coupling it with my faith. Yeah. Because I really felt in, in my current situation before that change that, that my faith was sort of sprinkles on the donut. It was the, it was the extra in yeah. my life. Yeah. Um, but it really wasn't part of the DNA of, of who I was as a faculty member and as a leader. Yeah. And I saw this opportunity here at Cedarville to marry those two together, where, where faith Biblical integration, yeah. it is who we are, yeah, it is. and then pharmacy is is alongside that. How long were you at Ferris State? I mean, I know you were a student there, but working there, how long did you work at Ferris State? Yeah, I worked there uh, as a full-time employee about 13 or 14 years, something like yeah, that. That's a good long tenure, and it's, it can't be hard to leave a place that's comfortable, and you, you know well, and you're doing a good job, and they like you. And not only that, we had spent better, well, more than half of my life right. uh, in that that particular community. And uh, so we had connections at our church. We had f- connections in the community. Right. Uh, and, uh, and the university, of course, was a terrific fit for us. Yeah. Let's stay down on, on the journey path, but let's switch it a little bit from your career journey now to your spiritual journey. Can you share with us your testimony and how you met Jesus? Yeah. So uh, we started when I was 16 years old uh, in a grocery store and we fast forwarded to uh, the career portion, but look, we're going to rewind back here to even the time when I was when I was an early teen. Um, I accepted Christ as my Savior as an early teen. Grew up in a in a good Christian, godly home. Yeah. Uh, but at at eighteen, I actually ran from God. I, I was a, I became a prodigal uh, when I went off to college. This same college that I became an employee at. Right. It was a time. It was really a seventeen year journey. Where, uh, where God uh, was working in my heart, even in my rebellion, uh, to, uh, to orchestrate things so that I would, I would come back. Uh, and I, I handled things very poorly during that, that 17 years. Uh, but there was a time when I got a chance to go back to the very town, Big Rapids, uh, where, I, uh, where I then had an encounter with, with God through the book of Romans. And, uh, and so I started to attend this church uh, and uh, had amazing preaching uh, that was piercing to me, uh, and then I joined a men's group. It wasn't but just a couple, three weeks that I, I got in, involved in a men's group, and, and three men in my life, Robbie Burke, mm. Gary DeBach, and uh, Jim Miller, uh, all of them kind of surrounded me. It was yeah. sort of a huddle for a, for yeah. a long time, uh, but they guided me through, uh, through so many of the the, the hurts that I was still uh, working through, but then also this transition from just uh, accepting Christ to then being on fire for, for God and, and using my career, using the connections that I had uh, in a way that were God-honoring and that, that really were, that became a ministry. Have you been able to model that ministry where the, you're huddling up with guys? Mm-hmm. Have you been able to, to bring that to where you live and work now? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question, and uh, I continue to be in a men's group. Yeah. Um, it's it's sort of crazy to be in a men's group that meets at six a.m. on Friday mornings, but uh, but that's what what I continue to do, and and 
we're approaching 18 years that I've been doing that. Uh, so to being in a men's group, which is, which is yeah. sort of a, a required part of my life, I think. Yeah. I think um, it's an important um, facet of what we should as men be involved in. I agree with you that it, it's great to be in a men's group. And I also agree with you that it's crazy to be in a men's group at 6am. I don't think anything at 6am should be other than sleeping. Mark, there are times when the, the guys tell me, please don't pray before 6.30 in the morning <laughs> because uh, we're not sure that the words are going to make sense. Oh, so. my goodness. That would be a struggle for me, for those who know me. So we've talked about your professional journey, your spiritual journey. It actually leads me to my, my question that I had prepared is, how are you intentional about blending your faith with serving others through your career in pharmacy? Oh, wow. So it, I, I love that question, Mark. And, and if we go back... Uh, even to that inspiration time when Bob Malash inspired me to be that accessible, to have the the uh, the home phone number or even your cell phone number nowadays uh, available. And so if I were to hand you my business card today, on yeah. the bottom right-hand side, it has my cell phone number on it. Yeah. It's on every PowerPoint that I put out there. Yeah. I'm not at all bashful about that. Yeah. And and part of that is that pharmacists are the most accessible uh, healthcare professionals out there. It's really simple for any of us to walk into a pharmacy and to talk to a pharmacist within a few minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really difficult, on the other hand, just to contrast that with a with a dentist or a physician yeah. or or something like that, unless it's an emergency room or something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but but I look at that and say, well, I I think God has given us an opportunity to be that accessible. Um, I also see, and and this is a, a passage uh, that that has been very helpful to me along the way. The uh, the passage about the the woman in the New Testament who was bleeding, uh, and it's actually in a number of the Gospels. Uh, but in Luke eight, um, it, there's a description that Doctor Luke uh, yeah. uses to describe this woman who had a bleeding disorder, and in fact, she had spent much of her life savings. It was gone. She couldn't find relief. And, and I'm fascinated by this because she walked up to Jesus in a very busy crowd. It was a busy, busy area, and Jesus was, was simply walking along with the folks that he was hanging out with, some of the disciples, etc. And in fact, the book of Luke, Dr. Luke says that uh, people were pressed into him, that right. it would be a busy sidewalk. And she reached up out of faith and touched the edge of his garment. Yep. And how did he respond? He responded with, who was it that touched me? He was so aware yeah. of those around him and the needs of those yeah. around him that he stopped immediately, turned to her, and had a conversation. Yeah. And in fact, the book of Luke, if you get into the, the ESV study Bible, it talks about this healing process that took place and in the ESV Study Bible, apparently the, the same word for heal is also the word for save. And so Jesus had this encounter with her that didn't just meet her physical needs, but he met her spiritual needs right there on the spot. And I look at that, and, and as much as I possibly can, as a pharmacist, as a healthcare provider, I want to be accessible using Bob Malash as sort of my my model and the person who's inspired me there, and then looking at Jesus and saying, right. I want to be so responsive. Yeah. I want to be aware yeah. of those people who have needs. And so that has really caused me then to be 
focused on those people around me. I don't know if that helps. Well, that's me. That's real time Christianity mm. and being, being available. And, you know, as a, as a son of a very young 90 year old dad in Southwest Michigan, I'm very thankful that what the story like you just shared about having your phone number available. Well, one of his medical doctors gave him his personal home number because he, he may need help after hours. That is commendable, and that that just shows that some doctors, maybe all, but some doctors truly have a heart for the patient, mm. and they're willing to go over and above what most people think they should be doing. Yeah, and so I, I love where you're going there. And in fact, one of the things that I challenge our students to do is to be actively looking to be to be watching yeah. for. Um, some folks have have commented and and said. Um, Jeff, when we bump into you, we hardly ever hear you say hello. What I often say is, how are you? And, and that's a can opener question that, that gets us into a spot that says, wow, I, I care. And, and I really do. It's, it's not a charade or anything. Yeah. It, is, it allows me to be actively looking for the things that maybe yeah. people are, are burdened with. Yeah. And uh, sometimes as a pharmacist, I'm on the front lines. I'm a first responder and I get a chance to deal with that particular problem. Uh, or other times, all I do is connect them. I'm triaging them. I'm right. getting them to the, the yeah. other person uh, who can meet their needs. So I really think that's how our faith and the care of patients, there's a natural marriage there. It's a natural marriage. I want to thank you for sharing. Uh, you're very transparent, and you could see by just sitting here that th- what you're saying isn't just words. It's not empty rhetoric. It's it's real. It's who you mm-hmm. are, and I really appreciate that. Sure. I want to transition for the final half of our program. Right, right now, I want to talk about the pharmacy profession in general because it's one in recent years been in transition. How have you seen the profession change in recent years, and why is it important for Christians to become pharmacists. Mm. How have I seen it change uh, over the, the 30 years that I've been privileged to be a pharmacist? Um, I remember in 1991, starting as a, as a pharmacist and even as an intern before that, that the profession of pharmacy really seemed to be focused on medications. Right. We walked around sort of saying we were medication therapy uh, experts. And, and I think that we, we were but it was so focused on the medication side that it was less about the care and, and really about the outcomes that, that could take place. So as an example, uh, back when I first became a pharmacist, I think that there was, a, if I had a diabetes patient uh, that I was working with, it, I think the focus was more on, are you getting the right medication? Uh, are you getting it timely? Can you afford it? And, and did you have the needles to go with your, your insulin and, and things like that? To a point now where I get a chance to care for patients and say, is your diabetes well controlled? Mm-hmm. Are, are we meeting your needs? Uh, because sometimes if all I do is give you medications and it's the wrong medication or it's at the wrong dose, it could be part of the problem. Could it could be, be Im, Im, uh, impacting that in a negative fashion. Right. So instead, what we're doing now is we're focused on um, you know, how how well is your diabetes controlled? Just to use that yeah, example. Yeah. And and again, that, that rolls out into many other areas. And I think that the profession has changed a great deal there. We saw that explode during the, the COVID uh, pandemic where right. uh, where where folks were uh, were able to access care 
uh, when they needed to, uh, but it was limited. It was, it was, you know, not everyone was an essential employee. And so for the first time in 30 years that I, that I looked on, we saw that physicians, even nurses, dentists, chiropractors, people who had more years of education than yeah. we did were considered non-essential, mm. but pharmacists were on the front lines uh, and they were caring for patients no matter what. You, do, you did whatever you had to do. And, and so, you know, I look at that and see the uh, vaccines that we were, we were giving, the testing that we were doing, uh, the, the remedies of medications that uh, we had never been able to do. Yeah. Some of that right here at Cedar Care. Right. I, I, saw, I saw my colleagues uh, step on, on that. And I, I'm just excited to see some of the things. The rules changed f- during the two years uh, yeah. Uh, that that COVID was was really taking over the, our country and really the world, and um, and we're seeing now that boards of pharmacy are leaving many of those rules in place because it was the right thing to do. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Is do you think those rule changes and what pharmacists have been allowed to do now because of COVID, doing tests, Paxlovid, vaccines, is here to stay, or you think it may retrench back to the way it used to be? Yeah, my my personal uh, opinion on that is that it's not only here to stay, but that it is the first step in a number of other uh, adjustments that are that are coming. I, I see the the role of the pharmacist in the focus of caring for patients and this focus on outcomes of really making a difference in how that patient, uh, how their uh, disease state yeah. plays out, yeah. is actually significantly improved. I don't say that. Uh, to exclude any other healthcare professional, no. but instead it has gone uh, from from the uh, medication that was prescribed to this out this idea yeah. Yeah. that as healthcare professionals we're assuring outcomes. For yeah, the and that speaks to two things in my mind. One, it speaks to better quality of care for patients, and two, and this is where I want to go to now is the importance of having a quality, Christ-centered pharmacy education, which you would get at Cedarville. So at Cedarville, our doctor of pharmacy degree program, you can complete in six years, or if you add the MBA, you can do it in seven. Um, but other than that, what differentiates Cedarville's pharmacy program from other programs across the country? Yeah, and that is a terrific question. And I, and I think that is the ultimate question that Christian uh, pharmacy students need to ask themselves, that as they decide on where they want to uh, to get their education. What are those things that they yeah. that they want? Uh, and I really believe that in our program that the, the School of Pharmacy focuses not just on making sure that a student understands the medical knowledge they need to be a great pharmacist, but instead it's the transformation piece. It is that idea that we locally transform our students, that they go from having, uh, some level of understanding of life and diseases and and care and all of those things. Let's call that high school uh, to the point where they graduate with a doctor uh, doctorate degree in pharmacy, and uh, at that point they are a care provider. That people are relying on them to uh, to receive the, the that care. And in order to do that well, we have to go well beyond just understanding the chemistry and right. uh, the uh, soft skills and some of those things. 
but instead to go clear back to some of the things that we talked about in the beginning here, Mark, that idea of being responsive, of being accessible, of caring so much, of, of looking at the calling. Ephesians 4.1 says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And it is that idea that says, God has called me to a lifetime of being able to care for people, whatever that need is that I need to try as best I can to be responsive like Jesus to that that person who tugs on on my robe right. or maybe is too bashful to tug. Right. And, uh, and so I need to, to be watching for that. And I think that's the difference is that we help people to understand that their faith allows them, empowers them to care for their patients better than just simply having a pharmacy degree, that they start to respond the way that Moses did for the Israelites when Moses said, I'm going to stand in the gap for these people, mm-hmm. that, that these rebellious people who don't even want to follow, that he's on his face uh, praying and, and begging God's mercy there. Yeah. Um, we are out of time, and uh, but I want to ask one final question, and that is, as you strive to serve your faculty, and as your faculty strive to serve your students, what brings you the greatest confidence and hope for the future for the pharmacy profession and then specifically your students? Wow, that's a great question, Mark. I think the uh, things that are exciting as we go forward is this idea that uh, the profession is has changed and is continuing to change. And we're working in a world that is hurting like crazy, right. that desperately needs truth. And truth seems so squishy and, and um, almost, ambiguous. Yeah, almost impossible to put your finger on. And I think that's one of the things that we bring uh, as faculty is that, that we know what the, the real source of truth is uh, and that we can instill that into our, into our students and into our graduates. Um, I'll tell you, Mark, one of the things I'm so excited about is to see some of our graduates that have landed in tremendous leadership kinds of positions uh, in companies that uh, that we would recognize, uh, companies like Mayo Clinic and Johns Hopkins and Cleveland Clinic and Rite Aid and a number of these other places, and that's just a small list. Uh, but uh, but but we're seeing these folks out there as bright lights, as making a difference, uh, and that as that continues to uh, to grow, uh, even as we enter our eleventh year here in, in the the schools. Uh, existence that we'll probably see that be even more uh, amplified as yeah. as we go forward, and so I think that's a huge uh, responsibility. It's also a huge privilege that God's yeah. given to us to be able to do those uh, kinds of things and to put an emphasis there. Yeah, as the world continues to get darker, those bright lights in whatever profession for you is pharmacy, but whatever profession a believer is in, that light will shine. It will it, it will overtake the darkness. We, we, we know that for sure. So, Jeff, we are out of time. I want to thank you for um, really just sharing about your heart uh, for pharmacy and your life. And, mm-hmm. and thanks for leading the School of Pharmacy so well and carrying on the tradition that started 11 years ago with some great leaders who had the vision to start probably the premier Christian pharmacy school in the United States. So thanks for joining me today on the podcast. I want to say thanks for having me today. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to just have a conversation about some some things that God has uh, blessed me uh, with the opportunity to, to 
to pour into this and to, uh, to make this my life's work uh, as my calling. So thanks again, Mark. You're welcome. It's a blessing to be with you. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory. Thank you.